All right. Welcome to the Voice in the Pen podcast. I'm Emily Burdett, and we are talking to Delia Stanley today. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for Thank you for me. being here. Oh, it's a pleasure always. So Delia is one of many of the local musicians in town and also an artist. Um, where do I go from here? I don't have a first question. <laughs> See, this is why the editing is good. Um, sorry. That's okay. I'm usually ready with the first question. Oh. I can ramble on. This will be a good place to start. Okay. Um, so I know a bit of your background, but... Okay. Just give us a little bit of an idea of how you started in music and how you were inspired. And, you know, did you start as a as a kid and then grew into like learning instruments and writing songs and give us a little bit of a background on yourself? Sure. Uh, my first instrument was the piano. And when you ask my mother, I get progressively younger every time. She started when she was <laughs> two years old. Soon I'll be starting from like in the womb. Just I love your mom. Every time. I was like, there's no way I started at three. She was like, you were three years old. So at some point between conception and like five years old, I started playing the piano. <laughs> okay. And um, my my grandmother played and was an artist and a musician. And my grandmother, Emma, really taught me probably everything about art and music. My parents were very supportive, but they were not artists themselves. But they, okay. especially my mother, with my grandmother being an artist and her sister, Stephanie, and just having it in the family, she was like... <sighs> see what this is. So always very supportive with it. I didn't pick up the guitar. We kind of messed around. My cousin and I, Rory Kelly, she's also a musician in Long Island. She's fantastic. And we used to hammer on these old guitars that her folks had laying around. They're both musicians. My uncle's a producer and was a music teacher, and my aunt was a musician as well. And we used to sit there and listen to Beatles records and just try to hammer it out. But then I got Steve Dave, my first guitar. Probably when I was like 12, 13, you know, the good angsty age, prime and ready. That's what you named your guitar? Or? I eventually okay. named my guitar Steve Dave, yes. Okay. Um. <laughs> what kind of guitar was your first guitar? An Ibanez acoustic, okay. just like one of those, like, learn how to play guitar today. It's $200. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that guitar is one of the best guitars I still have to this day. It keeps its tune like no other guitar. It looks all beat up. It's got different, like, the tuning pegs are messed up. It's got different bridge pins in it. And it's love still it. one of my favorite guitars. So very cool. And you have a lot of guitars, I know, because you've you've spoken about this in one of your songs <laughs> that you that you wrote a song about. Well, or your tell so maybe tell the story is like because uh, I remember bits and pieces, but it's I think your husband said something about how many guitars do you need? Which one are you gonna <laughs> sell? Right. Ooh. Um, not, not a question that. to ask a musician. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I think that at the heart of that song, he doesn't like uh, when I quote him directly and then say, that doesn't mean the song is about you just because I took this fragment of our conversation and put it in. But, you know, one day he said something to me like, I think you love the guitar more than me. And I was like, that's a rough, uh, that's a rough choice. Yeah, don't And go don't, there. don't make artists make that yeah, choice. Don't, don't go there. Because you're not going to like the answer. It's so. a different kind of love. Yeah. And uh, it's one that, you know, like starting guitar and I started writing music first. I wasn't, I didn't really cover a lot of stuff. I was, I song wrote a lot. There's a lot of cringy binders and journals full of who knows what from all of those years. And, uh, and then I sort of got like a regular job and fell out of it a little bit. And uh, sometimes my friends call me a music bully 
because I'm always like, play, 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 play. But that's kind of part of an open mic host job. Also, like, no, it's okay. Yeah. Being encouraging. So right. I got music bullied back into music by a friend of mine named Jason. And I'm glad he did because then I really started playing with him regularly. And when I moved to Wilmington, I was like, I'm going to give this a shot for, for real. Yeah. Because a job. So you're from New York. From New York. And you've been in Wilmington for how long? In about seven years. Okay. Yeah, so maybe going um, on eight years. Okay, yeah. So I've been here for ten years and mm -hmm. um and so <laughs> um we were talking about this a little bit earlier that when I first when I first moved here, it was like little, you know, like dabbling in, trying to see who I could meet in the in in music here and going to the grinders coffee shop open mic and meeting people yeah. there. Like Adam Carswell was one of the first people I met. Adam for sure. Adam is the guitar player on Broke Down. So Adam was one of the first okay. people that I met here. And by the way, shout out to Adam because this bad boy has been in the shop for the last couple days, but Adam always hooks it up and he completely fixed it. So, um, but Adam was one of the first folks I met and also like just seeing him play, especially lead guitar. I'm like, Phew, right. all the time. Right. So yeah, that's him all over. Broke Down. Noodling around. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. It was a nice little segue yeah and cb um, was also one of the first folks that i met here in all at yeah, open mics yeah go compass and um what's the other i mean i used to host an open mic you said you were going to play at banter that space used to be wilmington tasting room right and that's where right. i met john and jj and everybody yeah so that was another thing we we i like to touch on with with starting voice in the pen and then like talking about how you it one of the i guess um one of the things that made me want the driving factors of getting something like that going was was so that that we could know each other. The, the musicians who didn't know each other could know each other yeah. because you see everybody's names and you're like, I know that person plays all the time, but I don't know much about that person or I don't know if they do original music. And I just yeah. see them do covers, but that's just kind of like what we as musicians, gigging musicians the bread do. bread and butter, yeah. Right, is, is mostly covers and nothing wrong with that, but just like a... You know, just like a, um, I I've loved being able to really meet and get to know. Absolutely, like I've gotten to know you so much better from from Voice in the Pen. <laughs> Absolutely, and yeah. you're another huge supporter of it um, because I know, I think that a lot of the musicians that that come on it love the the fact that it's all about showcasing their original music. I think it's so important to carve that space out, and yeah, a lot of people play covers, and again, that it is fun, and I love to put my own spin on things. Um, and that's how you can be creative is putting Absolutely. your own spin on it. People but. say that to me all the time, and I'm like, I just don't know how to play the song, but thank you. Um, <laughs> but I say I, the same thing. <laughs> I write a ton of original music, and I think a lot of us do. And I think to to give it – I mean, I always throw originals in there anyway yes. randomly, but to be able to showcase it and people come to it knowing that that's what it is and that's what they're looking for. And I think – I kind of think that we should play more original tunes when we're out and about because I think we – dismiss our own audiences sometimes. I think people in Wilmington do want to hear stuff that they haven't yeah. heard. Um, I think they do want to hear original music. And I think especially from if you have folks that sort of have gotten to know you and follow you around town a little bit, like they want to hear that from you. So I think that we should be, you know, not blow off our own audience by like, oh, well, they don't want that. They want right. to hear Just assume. this song again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do the same thing. And I, lately I've been surprised and pleasantly surprised that people are like okay like we've heard you do like 15 covers now can you do an original yeah i'm like oh 
Yeah, when those like yeah. friend fans come out and they're like, hey, what about that song I heard at Ted's or whatever? And you're like, oh. Or if you do an original song? and they're like, who's that? Did you write that? And <laughs> and you're like, yeah. And they're like, I could tell by the way you're performing it. I'm yeah. like, really? I think that's true. <laughs> I think that when you see musicians perform their own music, it's like their voice sounds a little different and the energy is different. I think you can tell, especially can just in tell, like, the yeah. voice because it just seems like, ah, that's you. It fits you. And it's like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you also do other forms of art, right? <laughs> Talk about that a little all bit. The, all what, the art. Because you, you design your merchandise. I do. And uh, I've done some design for other folks in town as well. Um, You're and, a graphic designer? You've been I a graphic mean, designer? I mean, I'm an artist in general. I'm really yeah. a painter. Um, but I love to sketch. And you, I think we... If you're artistically minded, and I think a lot of musicians are, it's kind of interesting how much crossover I see mm -hmm. um, in creative fields that you just, you end up doing sort of your flyers, and then you end up becoming kind of a graphic designer. Right. You're like, okay, well, why can't I do this for somebody else? Um, so I've made logos and designs and stuff like that, but I really like just, I don't know, everything that I do, I like to approach creatively and just to stay in that inspiration kind of all the time. So... I like to paint and I like to draw and I have a five-year-old kiddo and he loves to draw. I'm seeing it from the other side now, like what I've subjected my family and friends to all of these years. I've seen some things you've shared. Yeah. Where, yeah, where he's like in the middle of the living room and there's just paper everywhere and he's got his head buried in the sketchbook I and he's that. doing like one of these. <laughs> and it's just like, and I'm like, oh, this is what everyone has seen. Yes. <laughs> Do you find that one form of art or the other influences another? For example, like, I think do you it, find songwriting drives an art piece or an art piece might drive a song? I have uh, had a little crossover there for sure. I have definitely designed things around songs like The Broke Down and Onward. Those are both like my own art that I made. I mean, Broke Down image was designed specifically for that. But I think the big thing it does is help you not get burnt out on one thing and help you keep the creativity flowing when it, you're like not quite there. I think Joni Mitchell used to talk about that too. Like, well, if I, you know, if I sit down on the guitar and I'm not feeling it, I'll go paint a painting or I'll go write a poem or I'll go do whatever. So being able to kind of cycle through a bunch of different things helps you just keep those juices going until you can get back to song you left behind or whatever okay. it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you were just in Southport magazine, yeah. right? You had an article yeah. in, in that magazine and you, you talked about that, how you always want to live your life in every way, like being creative. Um, and you're, you're, we talked about this with Ari a little bit in his like presence and his gold suit and, <laughs> you know, like having that, like creating this brand and image for yourself and, right. and, um, and you, you always seem to put a lot of just thought into your outfits and, you. and what you're wearing, you know, to perform in <laughs> for sure. Because you, I do you, like to dress up a little for performances. Pops of color and, and like, you know, that yeah. shows through obviously in your, um, your promos for your shows and all that. Thank you. I think that anybody in my childhood who would hear anything about me being like fashionable now would have just laughed <laughs> and been like, not, not Delia Stanley, you know, not her. Well, you that can't be right. Fashion. Yeah. Well, and I come from a, I was a punk rocker in high school and most of college, so Good girl. we were, okay. yeah, we weren't afraid to be a little subversive. It's hard to get the Liberty Spikes into the car. Cause, cause, I mean, <laughs> but, meeting meeting you recently, I don't see you in a leather jacket with well, spikes on it. Well, 
But now that I have to pull up some old old pictures, you're like, okay, I can see that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think the the punk rock backgrounds very much influenced my DIY vibe of just being like, no, we'll just do it ourselves. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. we'll just, we don't really need to buy a solution. Buy a solution, yeah. And I mean, of course, there's like selling out and that's a whole nother conversation. But the, the main takeaway was, be subversive and, you know, put yourself <laughs> out there and also, like, do it yourself. Like, we can... Guerrilla style. There's a lot of community. It's funny to say DIY, do it yourself, but what you're really doing is, like, building this community of artists and creatives and punk rock communities were very much like that, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, we ha- I feel like we have a pretty creative town, t- too, in Wilmington. You know, Absolutely. like, it m- makes me think of Bottega Art and Wine because you walk in there and there's all, there's all this work from different artists, like mm-hmm. paintings and... Um, you know, pottery and earrings and all this, all this, all this stuff. There's so many creators, I feel like, and artists. I think Wilmington is amazing here. And like, like I said, we're from New York. And when my mom moved down first and she said, I'm moving to North Carolina, I was kind of like, the Carolinas? Uh Uh-oh, like what? Is that what what brought you? Yeah. Uh, Family in general. Yeah. So, but then when I first started visiting her down here and she would take me downtown and we, it's like music, music, music everywhere. And there's Mm -hmm. art. And I'm like, oh. This isn't how I imagined North Carolina in my stereotypical mind at the time. But I right. think that Wilmington is a little pocket of creativity, creativity and culture. Yeah. And whether that's, I mean, even if you look at all like the cocktail bars and restaurants around here, just like constantly going the next mile and mm-hmm. keeping it creative and saying, what else can we do? You know, and yeah. I think that there's just that that feature of the town, no matter what part of the business you're into there's that push to like keep it creative and keep it elevated and really great yeah and now that we also have a new music venue that that is big enough we can bring in like we have dave matthews coming here so we're we're bringing bigger artists here as well which is really cool um so i feel like wilmington's gonna get more and more of a reputation for like music Music and i can go there for music you know um we were talking a little bit about what you what your degree is in. Oh yeah, <laughs> and I don't want to mispronounce the word. So um, if you could say it for sure. me, I have a degree in ethnomusicology. Okay, I was gonna have it right. But and, uh, tell us what that is. <laughs> ethnomusicology is the study of music across different cultures. It's kind of like a sociology, anthropology, but music focused. Um, Very cool. And a lot of the things that I talked about when I went to school were independent record companies and independent musician versus corporate things and how that influenced the music field. I mean, there's just so many ways that you can take an ethnomusicology degree. So it's hard to know where to go. Um, What got me into it was learning about the history of the banjo Hmm. being an African instrument that came here with slave trade. And then when we think banjo, that's probably the last thing you think of. Oh, yeah. And when we stole it away... (laughs) <laughs> it was originally this like elevated, there were like banjo orchestras and it was considered almost this high class thing. Oh. And of course, that's not really what we think of the banjo oh, yeah. right I... now either. And then obviously, and people have elevated now the banjo back from its stereotypical way that it had been thought about like for a while. Hillbilly. Hillbilly music, which yeah. is what a lot of it was called when they were first recording it. And, mm-hmm. you know, went from this unknown hillbilly music to country music's the most popular genre of music in mm-hmm. the country. Um, so yeah, (laughs) there's a lot of different ways to study it. There's things like what type of instruments came out of what different regions of countries based on the 
type of animal skins they had, you know, or what mm-hmm. type of wood they were using. So there's really a lot of different things that you can study when it comes to this. Yeah. And it's just a matter of where you want to take it. So right. there's a lot of uh, rabbit holes to go down. Cool, cool. <laughs> so you mentioned, too, that you had you had a like a day job or a, I don't okay. know if you said real job, regular job. <laughs> um, what were you doing job. before you basically In decided York, to just music. Yeah. In New York, I worked for an agency that provided services to people with developmental disabilities. So I worked in a group home for many years, and then I went into management. I was a trainer, kind of worked my way up. Um, a lot of the reason that I came here involving my family had to do with sudden illnesses and, and tragedy, basically. So mm-hmm. I did not really plan on moving here, I would say, at first, um, even though my mom was always like, you can wear your flip-flops all the time. You're going to yeah. love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I worked for 13 years in that field. And oh, by wow. the end of it, I was um, an executive administration assistant, which was good and gave me a lot of organization. So sometimes mm-hmm. people are like, look at all your little binders and folders. Yeah. You're organized. I'm like, so there is, I think that's a hard part for organized. a lot of like artists and creative is mm-hmm. the, the organizational part oh, yeah. and the organizational labor around that. So I'm glad that I have that experience. But when I moved here... I just wanted to try to give creative stuff a shot. And because I can do a couple of different things, I still do that. Like, I, I music is now my bread and butter. When I first moved here, I was working at a paint and sip studio called Painting okay. with a Twist. Mm-hmm. That was at the time uh, owned by my friend Sam. Shout out to Sam. Um, she's so awesome, and she was so encouraging. And it, in that type of environment, as the trainer, you have to learn how to paint this painting. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's a moon, it's a cat, it's a bridge, it's whatever. And you're just, you're looking at it, you're like, okay, I've got to learn how to yeah. paint it before I, in two days, go teach a class of 20 people right. how to. So it makes you real quick on the site painting, color matching to help people correct it. Yeah. So there's all these little skill sets. And of course, making it still fun because I think people right. are intimidated by art. I can't tell you how many times people came into there and would be like, well, I'm not a real artist. Right. Like, right. they want you to know right away, like, I, I cannot lay stake to this. Like, I cannot claim this title. Which is kind of the point of a paint, paint and sit. Like, yeah, just you know, fun. it's not because you're, you don't go in there if you're an artist. I mean, artist, really. I like it's, it. <laughs> it's like you go in, it's something fun to do, and you're like, oh, cool, I can, I can do this. Well, and know? I'll tell you what, we had many uh, regulars who had maybe taken a class or two, and then they sort of understood what materials they were looking for and understood, like, the basic layout of how we design something and they would go to Michael's and pick up a set and like a couple months later they'd be like I'm painting at home now nice so I think it it, like the low like taking the pressure off of people sometimes allows them to to do something that they thought this is off limits to me somehow right and then you realize like oh I like this like well what's the difference between being an artist or not are you making art and it doesn't mean you have to be professional yeah absolutely I mean yeah why and just a hundred percent. Give it to your, you know. I have yeah. it almost unfortunately monetized all of my creative. <laughs> ha- I was a book reviewer for like six years and I have read like one book since I stepped down. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I thought I was going to be like, oh, finally I can read for pleasure. But I'm like, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. No, thanks. So <laughs> it, you, it, it is a little tricky sometimes even to monetize and become a professional and struggle with that kind of even what we were talking about with the covers. Then you struggle with the what people want versus what I want from my art. Right. And right. how do you balance that out? Yeah, who are you making right. the art for? Who's the art for now? Yeah, why? And does right. it change as a result? I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying like, oh, 
what are the kids listening to these days? Let me check it out, you know, right. or, and see if I'm inspired by it or what, what kind of art is popular in Wilmington. Oh, more oyster shells. Cool. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. that you makes always me... have to reassess it and make sure. sure you're staying true to For what sure. you want. Yeah. That you talking about the the people would come in to to paint with you. Um, I'm like, well, I'm not an artist, you know. Like, I for, I remember for the longest time, it was hard for me to call myself a musician. And some of my friends would be like, "Well, do you perform out? And do you play an instrument? And do you sing?" And I'd be like, "Yeah." Then you're a musician. I still like, but it was just something I felt like I couldn't claim. And it was just like you know, getting over this like weird like thing in my head that that for some reason uh, I wasn't like worthy of that title, right. which is so crazy to think of now. And it's like just every single day almost comes out of my mouth. Like, yeah, I'm a musician, mm -hmm. you know? I think people struggle with that all the time. And like, I talk to many artists, musicians in town who still has hesitate to say, I'm an artist. Even if they're like, I'm a musician, it's like, well, you're an art, you're a creative. Right. And it's like, what? Oh, I don't know about all that. You know, uh, that's one of the reasons why, you know, when you asked me my handle, I took Delia the artist a long time ago to like get that off the table mm -hmm. be like yes that is what I am and I'm not afraid to say that yeah and call myself that and say I'm allowed to do that I know that sounds kind of silly but as you know as you hear it's like it we struggle right. with that um but I think that if there's one thing and that's why it goes back to the, you know the guitar conversation if there's one thing that I know about myself it's that I'm an artist so that's always going to be there for me and that's always what I turn to so, mm -hmm. you know, it's hard to say, oh, we'll make a choice between anything in the world or your art because yes. what's always been there. Right. Art. <laughs> and what inspires you the most and what makes you the happiest is doing whatever form of art probably Absolutely. that you're doing. And you talked about also in, in the article about practice, practice, practice and, and how I, I really loved how you said this because this is true for me too is like putting yourself around other musicians who have either been doing it longer and so or they just have like developed their skills a little bit further and you know being able to be like I can't do that yet or I can't do this but I I will be able to mm -hmm. and just if I practice and practice and practice <laughs> and like the inspiration that comes from being you know I, you mentioned John Hussman and oh, yeah. and I know he played a show with me recently and and just being watching him just be able to play solos and just be able to pick up and play as long as he's just, oh, wh what's the chord progression you're playing? Right. Okay, cool. Got it. And I'm like, wow, that's, like, amazing to me because I'm not at that level yet. Mm -hmm. So, like, reading that part that you said that, I was like, that is, like, so true, putting yourself around people who have been doing and have skills that are a little bit, you know, more developed than yours will push you right. to get to that place and just practicing every single day picking up your guitar and it could be that that can be the hardest part because we're like inherently embarrassed especially if we're like i don't even know if i'm a musician let alone can exactly. i sit in with these friends of mine who are better but i don't know where i first heard that quote but there's something about like be the worst person in your band and like i am ha i know the band is called delian friends but i am the worst person in the band <laughs> and i'm proud to say that because like john and jj and sean again these are right guys that are over here where I'm like, here's a song. And, and always I joke around that it's not a Delia and Friends show unless I'm like, here's a new song that we haven't played yet. It's yeah. indeed. And they're just like, <laughs> all right. And, and nobody, nobody would ever see your show and think 
that we never practiced. No, no, I mean, no, no. Well, I mean that, but also nobody would ever see it and be like, oh yeah, Delia's just not as good as the rest. Of, oh, you know, thank like, you. I'm just speaking from seeing your show. Like every you're, you, you put on a great show, and um, like you would never be able to tell that you know you guys didn't play that song, right? You know, well, that's um, why I like to mess with the band that I do, and that's what I'm saying about the right surrounding yourself. And I mean, it's embarrassing, like. I'm, you know, looping and I'm starting to learn how to solo. And so when like John comes out to see me, I'm like, okay. Oh my God. Ready? I know. It's anytime another musician like, comes out to see me, I'm like, it I'm like, I've been able to, to <laughs> get that out of my head. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, okay, it's cool. Just relax. It's all good. They're not sitting there judging me right. going, oh, she hit a wrong chord. Right. You know, and then Anyway, it's just <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just hard with newer things, you know. Like I said, like especially like I'm You're soloing in front of like the person who I think is my favorite guitar player in town. Like Adam and John are like my favorite guitar players. Jim Hoffman, I think, is so amazing, and he's always oh, like, yeah. "No, no, no, no." You're good, Jim. And every time I see yeah. him, Jim's better and better, and like oh I gosh, really yeah. admire that. And Jim's also the type of person who listens, and that's so uh-huh. nice to see when you see. People listening and watching, and like that's how you like learn how to approach these things by watching folks. But when yeah. then I have to get up there and be like, and here's my little baby solo I'm working on. It's nerve wracking, but if you don't, you won't get better. Right. It, feel, it, it feels <laughs> it feels so good to do that, and you know, it's like talking about watching things. Like I was just at a Patty Griffin concert, and and. You know, I start watching what they're doing. I, I look at their hands. I'm like um, noticing, you know, the little like solos or little walk downs and walk ups right. that they throw in there and just kind of like assessing and seeing and then being like, well, I could do that. I just need to I just need to I just need to practice, practice it. it, you know, <laughs> but then like when you get yourself even I don't know if this happens to you, but this happens to me when I'm at home, like. I'll be like, oh, yeah, my finger, my finger picking is really getting solid, you know, and then I'll go out and I'll be playing a show and I'm like playing the finger picking. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, people are watching me now. <laughs> Suddenly I can't oh, no. do it. You know, it's like, just do it, because if you don't, you're never going to do that's, it. That's I mean, that's right? kind of like I think you I think we talked about this once about like stage fright. And I was like, no, I never got over it. And you were like, you can't tell. Well, you got to just do it. Right. Yeah, I remember. It's like just yeah. do it anyway, and eventually the adrenaline and the like, the joy of it kicks in and like washes away some of the nervous energy. Um, yeah, but Definitely. I yeah that happens all the time, and that's I, that's another reason why it's like getting out there and playing with people. Like I'm I'm a you know in my living room with a backing track to try to practice solos mm-hmm. or running something on the looper, and it's all well and good when it's on my looper and I'm in total control of everything that's going on. And then it's a total right. another story when, like, a friend at Open Mic asks me to sit in with lead for him. And I'm like, what are we doing? You know, like, what, what's going on? Yeah. And maybe he's, you know, still working his way around the chords because it's Open Mic. And so now it's, like, a whole different <clears throat> ball game. It's not as controlled. And that's the type of stuff that you need to do anyway because and, it's scary. Yeah. And playing with other musicians teaches you so much. Yeah, and absolutely. I didn't realize that again until, like, you know, being... like meeting all these other musicians and getting to know them and then being like, oh, wow, I didn't realize how much playing with someone else was going to really like 
get me to the next level yeah. of of my playing. And I hear so many people say this too. It's like you're never going to be done like right. learning things. It, you're you're never going to be completely done. There's always something, absolutely. You know, and if if you feel like you're at at this level of like, okay, you know, I or I'm bored on this instrument, I'm going to pick up another instrument yeah. because if you play one instrument, a lot of times it's kind of, it's 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 a lot easier to get pick up another instrument if you're not if you're someone who doesn't play any instrument then it's like you know like obviously a lot easier to transition to another instrument but um just having that like music theory yeah knowledge in your head um and i mean to be fair like i know that what we're saying is difficult especially if you're a gigging musician and that's your bread and butter you're gigging like all the time and like right. it's hard to find that practice time and you're oh, yeah. probably playing solo most of the time because it's harder to book the duo and the band. So you don't get as much of a chance to play with other people as you want. I certainly don't. Um, so like, I, I want to say like, I recognize that that's a struggle. Like mm -hmm. it is a struggle to get that practice time in and like be like, no, I'm going to run some solos today or I'm going to go for sure. Really see what this pedal's all about. I got in a little bit of a YouTube pedal video rabbit hole last night. <laughs> I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was late. trying to find the right YouTube video to watch to practice some some guitar as well yeah, last yeah. night. But um, uh, you mentioned your looper yeah. too. I uh, I just want to say I remember the first time you came on Voice in the Pen with your looper pedal, and you were doing the the like breath. We'll call it breath work. Okay. At, um, at the beginning, and it's very interesting to watch the pieces in front of you being you know recorded on the looper yeah. and then hear them in the song it's like because you just obviously you're just hearing like the what you do and you're one of your songs and you're kind of just going right um uh does that does that feel odd to do that little those little pieces in front of people like recording yes. and then you're you're like hold on it hold on you'll you'll get it Yes, but I also, I mean, <laughs> I like to watch it. Like, I like to watch John yeah. loop. I mean, obviously, John, like, I often joke around that, like, John's my looping mentor. My cousin, Rory, was also, she's amazing at her looper. And she was actually the first one that, like, sat me down with the looper that we both have and was like, here's kind of how to use it. And she's yeah. got a great tutorial video on her YouTube of how to navigate it. Nice. But John does, you know, kind of the more percussion stuff that I'm doing. And I love to yeah. watch him build the loop. I think yeah. that's part of the experience. So right. I'm hoping that other people are feeling that way mm -hmm. about it when they see me as well. And I'm trying to get better at, you know, uh, making it faster with still keeping it together because one yeah. wrong rhythm or one wrong turn with the loop and you're like, oh boy, here we go. Affects um, the whole song. It, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. And like can yeah. either make or break it. Yeah. So, um, but I think it's fun to to watch it layer. Yeah. No, it's the such breathy a cool one is hard experience. because it's just like kind of awkward. And yeah. even I remember when I was first writing it and and playing it, you know, every once in a while, my husband Michael would be like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> so I'm just like, <laughs> he's like, "What? What? What is happening?" Um, <laughs> so sometimes that one's weird, but I think when people see it come together, they're like, "That's neat." You're like, "Wait for it. Wait for it. You'll get. Hold on. Wait for it." Just and a lot of times, it. people used, you know. If I start something, some chords, and then all of a sudden the rhythm comes in, and then you see them kind of turn. Like, where's the drum? Oh, yeah, because you're doing okay. your percussion on your, yeah. your and guitar. And sometimes people will come say, oh, like, are you, you're using tracks or something. I'm like, no. And I'm not, you know, it's right. fine to do that if that's your thing. But I, the, the aspect of it that I think is fun 
is building up right. the song and making it into what it is live and yeah. letting people experience that. Right. I, I just think it's neat. Because that's that's a talent in, in itself. It's too. A, a, whole a whole other instrument, talent. I yeah. think. Uh, you know, sometimes people, like, I had some issues with what I thought was the looper. It, it ended up being a guitar issue. But like I said, Adam hooked it up. Um, and I had to ditch the looper one night. And it's that's probably the first gig in, like, two years that I played looperless. And I was like, oh, my God. Um, oh, because I you come yeah, to you just, you know, you're like, that. oh, maybe... You feel like people aren't getting the full show because they're not seeing the guitar work and they're not hearing everything you can do. But it was great. I mean, it was a fun acoustic gig and people are still enthusiastic and it mm -hmm. kind of is a good reminder not to get attached to all the bells and whistles and to attach right. to technology. But at the same time, it's not, you know, and then I had some people around that time say, well, I don't really feel like you need it. And I'm like, I don't really need it. Yeah. And I don't really feel that I need it per se. I just think it's fun. And just like anything else, it just adds a little more interest and yeah. um, kind of is creating this whole different show. Well, it keeps it interesting for you, too, because... It sure does. I mean... I think know, that's an important aspect of it. I just want to mention that. Because, you know, yeah. you, you you run your cover list four nights yeah, a week, and you're like, oh, my right. God, you know? But it's if you're like, I'm working to, on this... to get or, bored, you know? It's yeah. like people... People sometimes ask me, like, what what songs I'm sick of playing, you know? And I'm like, like, you know, I always say Dreams, Fleetwood Mac. I, great song, love it. Nothing against the song whatsoever, but um, but it's also like a two-chord song. So sometimes, like, when you're playing it, you feel bored as a you're guitar like player. You're like, you're, like, Yo, switching back and forth to the same chords, and you're just kind of like, okay, yeah, like, I, yeah, okay, I'll do that song. Um but it's really just because you're like, oh, yeah, it's the same two chords over and over again. And you do get lost sometimes. You know, it's like it, you get lost and start to like, if you played a song enough times, you kind of like start to daydream or I do at least because that's just what I do. Yeah, but, sometimes you zone um, out a little bit. and you. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, back to this. Did I sing this verse already? <laughs> uh, you're going to hear it again, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Play that back. Welcome back. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> it does help with that as well. And I and like I said, I just think it adds something to the performance. I certainly play many songs during a full gig that don't have the looper involved that are just acoustic. I think that gives a nice variety. Sometimes I bring my ukulele out. Um, you're talking about, you know, right. jumping to another instrument. Mm -hmm. I first did that when I started playing with my friend that I was talking about, Jason, who kind of got me back into it because everybody was playing guitar. I just kind of wanted to add something. We were doing really like folky, folky, folky music. We mm -hmm. were like in the public domain, folky music. Um, and so, so I thought the ukulele might almost have, like, a little bit of a mandolin vibe. Just get that upper yeah. register, and it was a little easier to learn than the mandolin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember so, the first time I saw you play. I, I love the uki. You have and, ukulele. Yeah, so, and I may or may not have just ordered a small keyboard to add to the mix. Nice, yeah, you did mention playing piano. But I have not seen you play piano yet, well, so I guess you're going to be stick around. busting that out. <laughs> stick around. Um something that popped in my head while we're talking and this comes back to like I don't know I guess just like the music community and just um this is just a cool story to me like you had your Takamini guitar stolen yes. it was like a like you hadn't had it for very long you had it for like a couple a few months maybe yeah. like your birthday guitar and you're mm -hmm. like so excited about it um and that's when that song that you mentioned your husband like yeah. do you love your guitars more um and and several people came together to buy you a new one, right? Yeah. Because you never found it. Um, yeah. So the full story on that, and that's this guitar right here. Um, the guitar was stolen. 
And around the same time, Jim's guitar was stolen. Right, I saw that. So it was just weird that it all happens like that. So people had started a fund for Jim's guitar. Uh And then they were like, your guitar was stolen too, this is crazy. So at first they were like, all right, cool. We're going to just keep the fundraiser open. Mm -hmm. We'll grab Jim a new guitar. Whatever doesn't go to that, we'll push to you for a new guitar. I'm like, thank you so much. And meanwhile, by the way, like I had so many people reaching out to me. If you need a guitar, tell me what you need. And I was like, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was really cool. And I mean, my messages were full. And I was sort of like waiting because, of course, I wanted the guitar back. Right. Um, I mean, I can't tell you how many pawn shops we called and just all the things that we did around it. But long story long, apparently, Jim's guitar was recovered. Now, to be fair, this is, you know, an acoustic electric. Jim's guitar is like this bright blue lefty. You know uh, what I mean? It's not exactly oh, like, yeah, I don't know, something you run off with. Jim's right. guitar is recovered. So they had this fundraiser money. And they surprised me. Uh, Chris Pearson, John Pugh, and Jim Hoffman came to Catawba one night with pretty almost the same guitar mm-hmm. from Guitar Pickers and surprised me and said, here you go. Don't stop doing what you're doing. Um, That's amazing. We love you. And I was like, okay. All the pictures like, from that day. He was like, all right, everybody get together. And I'm like, ah. yeah, <laughs> just like bawling my eyes. Well, yeah. Out. When I saw that on, I think it was on your Facebook. I was like, oh my God. I mean, I'm what a so, scary like, moment, you know, for, for musicians. And I mean, stuff, people get stuff stolen all the time. So, um, oh, yeah. and it's that moment of like, oh my God, especially a guitar like this, where, you know, this was a couple levels up from my last guitar. Mm-hmm. So I tried to, you know, put that guitar back into practice. I was like, no, there's a reason why I needed a new one like this Mm -hmm. is not working it was bad with the looper and there were just a lot of issues with it I'm like oh my god this is am I gonna take out a Sweetwater credit card right now because Mm -hmm. I don't have like the extra money to throw around so when equipment gets stolen like that it's it's a scary moment especially Um, something as crucial as the instrument you're playing you know (laughs) and like I said but people lent me things and people reached out right away so yeah the guitar I have now and you can see that the case is all like Wilmington bands and Wilmington places. So I'm trying to imbue it with all that good local Wilmington energy that it came with. Like, this is for the music community. Yeah, for sure. And it was, yeah, I'm endlessly grateful for that. It was a surprise and, uh, and it was amazing to see the community come together. I thought it was. I I think we should hear it. Okay. Is it time? Is it performance time? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Timekeeper, thank you. I was going to check in. Um, okay, so, um, yeah. Awesome. I'm excited to hear. Yeah, pick it up. Hear some, some songs. Uh, some songs. Play some songs. Yeah. Okay. Do what you uh, do. What you do. All right. <laughs> Good? Yeah. All right. Song number one. called a little bit in love i think i wrote this during covid on the piano originally and i only started recently sort of like rediscovering it and bringing it back out to try on the guitar instead (laughs) maybe it'll go back to the piano and my keyboard comes in we'll see what happens Friends, 
much has happened since then. There used to be a certain sense of urgency between you and me. We were a little bit in love, don't deny it. Maybe not the word you were thinking of, but try it on. We were a little bit in love, and I wanted so much more. I never understood what going slow was for.
so much thank I you love. guys always for having me yeah so nice to hear a new song I, but i hadn't heard the first song either so they're both a new couple of songs yeah. yeah some some are old and then made new again so it's always worth reaching back into the old notebook or for sure i have a bunch of um i keep everything on my phone recorder and yes like, oh, there's stuff i write in the car and uh-huh. like randomly me too. And I'm me like, too. oh what about yeah. that okay all right yeah yeah for sure all right well thank you delia Delia Stanley again. Um, you can find, you know, if you're in Wellington, you can find uh, where she's playing uh, on her Instagram. Probably yeah, and Facebook. I have my website is updated website. With, uh, um, with all my stuff. So just DeliaStanley.com, and it has all the goodies coming up and events and everything. Awesome. Check it Thank out. you again for being Thank here. Thank you all. Thank and you, Voice in the Pen. Voice in the Pen viewers. Thanks so much. <laughs> Signing off. Yeah.